there's mm-hmm. so much to honoring your own personal clock and productivity. I am the exact opposite of you. Getting up <laughs> at five o'clock in the morning is my joy. Power to live more with Joe Dodds. Welcome to the Power to Live More podcast, all about productivity, organization, well-being, energy, and resilience. I'm Jo Dodds and I started this show to enable interesting people to share their stories about how they use their power to live more and by that I mean to do the stuff that they want to do more than the stuff that they need to or should do. It's about creating a life for yourself where you have the energy, health and space to be happy and fulfilled, spending your time as you'd like, whether that be at work, home or somewhere else entirely. That's your choice. Hello, my name is Ellie Dodds and I'm co-presenter. And today, Joe's interviewing Joyce Shulman. Joyce was introduced to us by Todd Palmer from show number 201. Joyce is a co-founder and CEO of 99 Walks, a wellness and walking lifestyle brand, community and app on a mission to forge connection and get a million women walking. Two decades ago, Joyce, a self-confessed idea junkie, chose her legal career for an entrepreneurial journey focused on what mattered to her most, family, community, and empowering women to get healthy, happy, and chase their dreams. In addition to being the pack leader at 99 Walks, Joyce is an author, speaker, TEDx veteran, podcaster, and consultant, sharing her expertise about the life-changing impact of a consistent, intentional walking practice and the power of building authentic community. Back to the studio. Today, I'm interviewing Joyce Shulman of 99 Walks. Welcome, Joyce. Thanks for joining me. Oh, it's my pleasure to be here. Thank you. Lovely. So start by telling us who you are, what you do, and crucially, where you do it. (laughs) All the things. So I am the co-founder and the CEO of 99 Walks. We are a community and a social fitness app on a mission to get women up and connected and walking. Uh, And I do that from my office on the east end of Long Island in the United States, about 90 miles from New York City. Lovely. So tell us more about where this all came from. It's I can't imagine um, it it was something you were going to do years and years and years ago. (laughs) No, it is absolutely something that came from all of these different elements and pieces of my life that kind of came together with this vision. And for the past uh, about 12 years, I've had the honor of working very closely with women, moms in particular, and through this is uh, through my my prior business and the two themes that I saw over and over again. And I was working with these women in a professional context, but what I saw is that women are lonely. And this was before the pandemic, and we're even lonelier and more disconnected now. And women are deconditioned. We've never known as much as we know right now about what it takes to be healthy and well. Mm -hmm. And yet the incidence of preventable diseases continues to rise. And I would look at that and say, I just, I don't understand it because obviously it's not the education we need. We don't need to be told what we need to do to be healthier. 
And yet we can't seem to get there. And I believe that those two things are connected. I think living in isolation is not the way we were intended to live our lives. Mm -hmm. And I think that implicates our happiness, our mental well-being, and our physical well-being. So, Mm -hmm. and then the other piece of the puzzle is I've always walked. I've walked my whole life ever since I was in high school as a way to clear my head and process big things and move my body and get exercise. And uh, about eight or 10 years ago, I started walking with a group of friends And I discovered that the conversations and the connections you forge while you are walking and connecting with someone are just incredibly deep and strong and free-flowing and fantastic. So all of those pieces came together about three years ago with this vision for 99 Walks. Lovely. And yeah, walking something that's quite sort of I was gonna say quite popular now it's like lots of people do it now I mean (laughs) that's such a random thing to say but I mean as in partly because of the pandemic and and certainly I don't know what it was like for you in in America but you know in the UK for a lot of the time when we were locked down we were allowed to go out and exercise for an hour or once a day or or whatever it might be and so sort of certainly locally it became a bit like Piccadilly Circus There, there were that many people out <laughs> walking that would never normally be doing that because they just wanted to get away from their their home you know their house their their sort of situation I suppose but also there's been so much research um in recent years about the importance of walking and actually how beneficial it is in comparison to things like going to the gym or doing anything that people would see as being sort of more strenuous and more um you know when, when people talk about exercise people think it's about going for a run or whatever, but actually walking is is supposed to be, you know, really good for you, isn't it? And a lot of people just do it anyway, not, not because it's exercise, if you see what I mean. So what I love about a regular walking practice is it checks a lot of boxes and you're absolutely right. It's incredibly powerful, both for your body and for your mind and your mood. So you get to check all those three boxes through one activity that doesn't require an, uh, as you say, a strenuous run or going to the gym or going any place in particular, doing anything really hard and strenuous. And the research on the benefits, I'll just give you one piece. There is a study that shows that a regular walking practice can add up to seven years to your life. And that's a lot of time. Wow. Yes. Yes. And, and I'm interested as well in the bit that you talk about with other people, because it's interesting. I, I, when I walk, I have to sort of convince myself to walk <laughs> because I've got an errand to run or something. So, you know, I, if I've got three errands in town, I'll sort of do them on three different days to try and make me go walking three times. <laughs> um, but if I'm going with people, I don't have to convince myself. You know, it's, it's a, as you say, a sort of a joyous thing to do for so many other reasons. And it's an appointment and, and everything else. But um, as much as I like walking, I'm always a bit like, if it's just walking in a circle, you know, walk out and walk back again, I'd really struggle to do that on my own. That's interesting. So I talk about my personal walking practice. I walk four different ways. Mm -hmm. And while you say just walking out and walking in a circle doesn't call to you, I would encourage you to try it because you're a creative That's Uh a huge part of your professional career, right? Is Mm -hmm. generating fresh ideas and being creative and keeping your energy and vitality up. And there is so much power 
in a 20 minute walk to do all of those things. Yeah. So I won't keep throwing statistics at you, but I love the research around walking. And there's a study out of Stanford University that a 20 minute walk can fuel your creativity by 60%. Wow. And I love the 20 minute bit because I think that's one of the things that I put myself off with. I sort of assume that I've got to go for an hour and that seems like a big chunk of time, but 20 minutes, I could probably do that. And the truth is, if you start that practice a couple of times, once, twice during the course of your day, take a 20-minute walk and see how it impacts your creativity and your energy and that afternoon slump that so many of us have, a Mm -hmm. a 20-minute walk is the best fix for that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned four different ways. So that's one. So, yeah, so I have four different sort of personal styles of Mm -hmm. my intentional walking practice. And the first is, as we were talking about walking with friends, which makes the time go fast and you move so quickly and you have these incredible conversations and connection. The second is sometimes I'll take myself out on a walk when I need to generate some ideas or work through a problem. And that's almost a walking meditation in the sense that I strive to keep pulling my mind back to whatever it is I'm trying to sort out. And sometimes I go out and I just need to lose myself in the music, Mm -hmm. right? Sometimes I just need to dance down the street or lose myself in a podcast or a story. I just want that kind of distraction. And the last, which honestly, clearly is not something that would appeal to you at first, but sometimes I just need to let my mind go where it needs to go. Mm-hmm. And I need a good 40 minutes of silence, preferably in the woods or on a trail or someplace away from, certainly away from my computer and my phone and all of the pings and dings. Mm-hmm. So. Over the last few years, I've gotten kind of intentional about figuring out what it is I need in that moment and answering that need with a walk. Yes. And you do talk about intentional walking. Tell us more about that that phrase. I do. So that's a phrase that we have really created around here at 99 Walks. And it is in opposition to step counting, right? (laughs) So we've all been told erroneously, but we've all been told that 10,000 steps is the, is the magic bullet. Uh, and there is not research that supports that. So you can forget the 10,000 steps, but that said, getting more movement in your day, parking at the far end of the parking lot, more movement, more activity is good for almost all of us. So I'm all about that, but that's not what gives you that mental and emotional time and space that a true intentional walk will give you. So when I say an intentional walk, it's a carving out some measure of time, whether it's 10 minutes or 20 minutes or an hour to step away from your obligations and your responsibilities and just move your body one step at a time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. It's funny when you talk about the 10,000 steps thing, my, my mother-in-law bought herself a, um, what, what do we call it? We call it a bum bag. I don't know. You call it a fanny pack, I think. Don't you? What called? <laughs> well, now, no, they're very hip now. So they've become hip. And oh. now in the States, they call them hip packs. Oh, well, she bought one. way cooler her... than a fanny pack. <laughs> so she put her phone in. Uh, she bought one to put her phone in to 
have it on her person as she walked around the house because we've got three-story houses with quite a lot of stairs and she was feeling like she was missing out on a whole load of steps when she was walking around the house (laughs) so if I can convince her that the steps aren't important then um, maybe she doesn't need to wear that anymore (laughs) You know, steps are important. There is value, right? We all need to get moving, though that 10,000 number, uh, it's not the, it's not all that. No, no. (laughs) So um, when you started this business, and you decided to call it 99 Walks, what, where did that come from? I mean, I'm sort of imagining you planned 99 Walks, but (laughs) where, where did that come from? It was, again, a combination of of things. First is we have 99 core values at 99 walks. So it all, the whole thing sort of comes together. But the other thing that we've seen is 99 walks. If you walk daily, that's about three months. Right. Now, I don't believe anybody should commit to walking every single day because life is absolutely going to get in your way. But what we have seen is that over three months, taking 99 walks, again, there's no magic bullet. There's no magic number. But once you've made that transition, uh, people see incredibly profound impacts mm-hmm. on how they're walking through their life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so how do you work with your clients, customers, members? I don't know what you call them. <laughs> um, so we we call them members, members. Uh, yeah, members. And we actually call them pack members because the 99 walks community is a pack uh-huh. and we are app driven though there's a ton of content and really great research available on our website and we put a lot of content out into the world but the core of the 99 walks product is an app that encourages each of our members to set their own monthly goal We don't dictate how far, how often, how anything. So everyone, and that's part of the the process is learning to set goals, what we call Goldilocks goals, goals that are achievable, but ambitious. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Track your intentional walks. We offer all kinds of support within the app. We have 15 different fresh walking, guided walking classes each week, walking meditations, music, podcasts you can walk to, all the good stuff. And then at the end of the month for our members who achieve their goal, we send them what we call wearable inspiration, which is a cuff bracelet engraved with the theme of the month. Uh That's how the 99 Walks program works. Lovely. And what does that mean for you in terms of what your your days look like? How do you how do you do stuff? What do you do and how do you get it done? Uh, I do a lot and I usually don't get it all done. That's pretty much how I roll. Uh, but I am I am doing everything from being the pack leader of the community. So sharing a lot of research and inspiration and support for our community members. And mm-hmm. we're a team of 16. So I am also in a leadership role for the 99 Walks uh, team. Mm-hmm. Team of 16. Wow. Is that a lot of content creation? It is all the things. So it's a lot of content creation. It's a lot of pack support. It's a lot of tech infrastructure. Mm-hmm. The technology just continues to grow and evolve. And uh, it's, yeah. it's a, you know, when I started my first digital business, which gosh is now, I don't know, 12 or 14 years ago, and we built our first website, I was like, 
you build a website and you put it out in the world and that's that. And I learned very quickly that <laughs> anything tech, it's yeah. it requires like constant care and feeding. Yes, yes, yeah. So from a sort of personal point of view of, of, of getting things done, um, do you maintain a to-do list? Do you schedule everything? I saw an article on uh, LinkedIn today and somebody was saying that she schedules down to the minute and that just gave me like trauma shivers. <laughs> Yeah, because I don't like my diary being uh, so full. I like it blank. (laughs) You know, I've tried and I haven't succeeded with this concept. Oh, I've tried both ends of the spectrum. So one end of the spectrum, a little bit what you're talking about, I've seen in time blocking where people block time throughout their entire day. I cannot do that. I need to, my calendar needs to breathe. Yes. And then the flip side of it is I've tried to schedule what I call white space days where there's nothing on my calendar and I'm free to create and, and that doesn't work either. So (laughs) everything that requires that I be someplace or meet a particular deadline, everything, all of those things go on my calendar. And then I maintain, uh, I maintain many to-do lists, which sounds like overkill, but I have a to-do list for each day of the week. I have a separate list of things I want to watch, books I want to read. And then there's the um, AI list. I'll call it the AI. There's actually another letter in there, but I'll just call it the AI list. And that's the another idea list. (laughs) I can imagine what the middle letter is. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Um, And you'd be exactly right. Because if you're... If you're a creative person and you love to build businesses, and I, I refer to myself as an idea junkie, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there are, ideas keep coming and you're like, oh, that would be great. And you know, you don't have the bandwidth to do it. But if you don't, for me, if I don't capture it someplace, it nags at me. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. it goes on the A blank I list <laughs> and I just sort of capture it that way. So yeah. I do kind of live by my to-do list and my calendar. Um uh, and my last real tool is an old fashioned spiral bound notebook, which right. I have with me all the time. And what goes in there? <laughs> so I start my morning, I move my calendar, all of the places I need to be to a fresh page in that. Mm-hmm. Um, I will capture the three to five most important things on my to-do list. Cause there are days I'm, I know I'm not alone in this. There are days that my to-do list has 22 things on it. Well, that's ridiculous. You know, that's not happening. <laughs> so I try to discipline myself to identify the, the three to five that really have to get done. And those go in the notebook. Mm-hmm. And then throughout the day, the ideas, the conversations, notes from conversations, all of that just gets scribbled into that notebook. And then do you transfer that elsewhere at the end of the day? Oh, so, <laughs> so many process questions. I'm such a process person. I actually love this, but I fear that it's making me sound really crazy. It um, just makes us both sound like process. <laughs> so, Another another ritual of mine is my Sunday morning planning, which is honestly sound will make me sound like a, a 
crazy person, but it's my favorite time of the week. So I'll sit down on Sunday morning early before anybody else gets up and I go through a a weekly planning exercise. And it's that at that time where I go and I look back at all of the notes from the prior week, which is only five days. So it's not, it tends not to be a ton uh, and be sure that everything in that that's a to-do or an idea or something that should be captured has gotten captured someplace else. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm loving all this process. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's so nice to talk to another process person. Yes. But as you say, when you do try and describe stuff like that to other people who aren't in the same place, it does make it sound, it sort of sounds like overcomplicated when it's not you, isn't it? It's like I talk about my to-do list and how I I've got loads of tags for, you know, time and energy levels and and places, you know, tools I'm going to use to do the things and all that sort of stuff. And then I create all these filters and everything else. I have to hold back from explaining it to most people because it would freak them out. And then they'd never want to work with me because they'd think that I was some sort of overcomplicated zealot. Of- <laughs> oh, and see... You talking about that immediately makes me want to ask you a hundred questions on how you do it, because what what tools and tactics can I learn from that planning? Uh, So, yeah, so when you find the right person, it's a good conversation, but (laughs) (laughs) brilliant. So um, let's talk a bit more about that sort of um, self-care stuff, because, you know, we focused obviously a lot on walking because that's what you do. Um, what other sort of things do you do to, to keep yourself healthy and to keep yourself energized to be running your business? Uh, work, I, walking, just do it. <laughs> no, uh, walking is at the core of everything because it really is the thing that is best for my mind and my mood. Mm-hmm. Uh, the mood boosting power of a walk is incredible. And sometimes I just need that to shake off the anxiety or improve a crappy mood or whatever it is. So yeah. that's always a big part of my self-care. Um, I am a CrossFitter. So I, I pick up and put down heavy things and I work out pretty hard, uh, several times a week. Mm -hmm. Um, and I suppose the last, well, two more on the list of real important self-care sleep is everything. Yep. And I continue to be amazed though. I think it's gotten a little bit better from the pandemic. I don't know if you've seen this from people in your life or clients, but I think people are prioritizing sleep a little bit more than they used to, which is a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I tend to eat pretty well, not, not like a zealot, but pretty well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny the sleep thing. I think, um, again, I think it's had sort of quite a lot of press, hasn't it? In yeah. recent years. And maybe as you say, through the pandemic as well um I've seemed to have gone the other way it's probably my age <laughs> I seem to be managing to uh not sleep past about seven thirty. and regular listeners will know I'm a night bird so I go to bed really late and it doesn't matter what time I go to bed I still don't sleep past seven thirty at the moment which uh is causing issues because I'm you know much more used to going to bed late and getting up late and getting my sort of eight hours and I'm not getting my eight hours um but I haven't killed over yet so I'm thinking that maybe my body's just you know coping with it (laughs) maybe but you know the research on how cumulative that can be so you may feel okay but all of the research says you are not at your you're just Mm. not functioning at your best over time if you keep up that 
that sleep deprivation. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Although some people go to bed. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That's the thing. It's really it's hard. You know, my daughter is the same, and she um for her whole life we struggled to get her to go to sleep at a reasonable time. You know, when she was a toddler, you know, we can tell you, you know, every night we'd we'd be downstairs and we'd hear this little tap tap up on the stairs and she'd be coming down because she couldn't get to sleep or you know we'd have to go and spend hours in her room because we'd be like as soon as she lay still she would um fall asleep but she couldn't lay still <laughs> so, so we'd spend the whole time going just lie still no just lie still, <laughs> knowing that it would eventually work but um so you know she's 15 now and she she's the same she goes to bed late but she has to get up for school at you know at ridiculous time but again I've I've mentioned many times she's uh She's got her getting ready schedule down to 10 minutes, which gives her the most sleep that she can fit in. <laughs> you know, when you stop and think about how incredibly artificial it is, what we do to our teenagers, yeah. as far as how early they have to get up, how yeah. late they're staying up to do their schoolwork. I have a 16-year-old daughter, sort of the yeah. same boat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Exactly. As you say, I mean, I don't know about your weekends, but we don't see it before midday for sure. And uh, you, you worry about what happens the rest of the week on the basis that, you know, it's yep. a much earlier start. So, yeah, as you say, there it, there's mm. so much to honoring your own personal clock and productivity. I am the exact opposite of you. Getting up <laughs> at five o'clock in the morning is my joy. <laughs> Yeah. So but, my best friend lives opposite and she's like you. So we st- sometimes struggle to see each other because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she'll she'll like r- randomly send a text at like 530 in the morning saying, if you wake up in the next two hours, you fancy a coffee and I'll read it <laughs> at one o'clock. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. So what about... Um, learning and improving yourself you've talked about being a creative and and you know your your list <laughs> of all those uh, ideas that sort of bubble up how how have you kept yourself moving forwards over the years in terms of you know what's happening in the um in the sector and and you know in the business world generally it's it is tricky because it's so easy there's so much great content out there to consume so it would be one thing if you went down a rabbit hole on the computer and it was all crap, right? But gosh, mm-hmm. there's so much great thinking out there. So I have to be sort of disciplined around that. Um, part of my morning routine is I read five pages of a book every day. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I shouldn't say every day because I don't do anything every day, but most, yeah. almost every day. Uh, and through just that process, I have moved through dozens and dozens and dozens of books yeah Uh, and then I listen to podcasts while I drive yeah and I try not to go down the rabbit hole of random searching on the internet anytime a question pops into my mind Uh (laughs) yeah I I do (laughs) and like like you're imagining many hours are lost to that it's interesting is that I think um I'm increasingly um realizing remembering identifying that this there's as you say so much information that you've got to be so disciplined in what you're prepared to sort of stay up to speed with and and what you're not sort of thing I mean for me one thing that changed over the pandemic actually is my podcast listening because I wasn't driving which is when I used to listen to it 
and I was doing less sort of commuting into London on the train. Again, when I used to listen to the podcast, I got behind on so many of them. And I'm a bit neat and tidy on things like that. So I have to like listen to them all. And then I have to remind myself that I don't have to listen to them all. <laughs> and if it's boring, I can just stop it and start another one. Um, but I've ended up with, I just don't listen very much at all now. And I used to a lot. And I'm having to sort of reposition it to myself, which is, you know, there's a reason why you're not listening to them. So don't worry about it rather than feeling like I'm getting behind or there's things I should know that I don't know or, or whatever. And I, I wonder if for many of us, that's a sort of a skill that we need to, to develop, which is to get really discerning about the really vital bits and get really good at not worrying about everything else. Well, I have two thoughts on that. The first is I have a solution for your problem, uh-huh. which is listen to podcasts while you walk. <laughs> yeah, that's the other time that I do, which is, again, why I don't do it so much, because I haven't done so much of it recently. <laughs> right. And then you can check two boxes. Forget sitting on the train on your way into London. Now you're getting the exercise your body needs and you're listening to the yeah. podcast. So that's that's number one. And number two, I agree 100 percent. We've got to be more discerning about the content we're, con- we're consuming. Mm. But the challenge for me around that is always... There's so much joy and uh, discovery that comes with random things that you didn't think you were going to find. And that's the problem for me. Mm-hmm. I love those random, unexpected discoveries that you make when you just let yourself follow a thread someplace. Mm-hmm. And I, I wrestle between, I have to be disciplined about how I'm investing my time, what I'm consuming, all of, all of those pieces with the, sometimes it's great to just see where the journey leads you as far as what you find. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And as as you say, I suppose it's that balance, isn't it? So that you get the, the joy of both without the stress. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And I, I suppose to, to your point, what you said earlier, I think part of that is we have to be a little kinder and more forgiving of ourselves Mm -hmm. and not feel Mm -hmm. like we have to listen to every episode because we have to check the box or for me sometimes, and I don't do it often, but sometimes I have to quit on a book because it's just not working for me. Uh Uh Yeah. And that's hard. Yes. Yeah. No, the same. I think uh, I, I've never thought I was a finisher, but maybe books and podcasts I am. <laughs> I think it's more I'm neat and tidy. So it needs to be finished to be tidy. <laughs> yeah. I love nothing. My husband makes fun of me all the time. I love cubbies. I don't know how you feel about cubbies. What's that? Cubbies are shelves with little boxes. So picture oh, right, shelves yeah. that have that's yeah. uh, we call them cubbies. Yes. Yeah. I love cubbies because everything gets their own little space. Yeah. And even if they're messy, you can't see it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. I do. I, I do like organizing and, and having a place for everything and everything in its place. Absolutely. <laughs> that's, why, that's why I like spending time in my caravan because it's, it's, you know, small and you have to, you, you probably call them trailers, don't you? Um, over there, but uh, yep. yeah. It's small, so there's limited space and everything's got to have a space. Otherwise, it's messy. And yeah, it suits me totally. (laughs) And you're forced to get rid of the extraneous stuff. Exactly. I I tell you the thing that I I got uh, got into, I did a bit of binge watching on uh, Netflix during lockdown was um, your um, 
tiny is it tiny homes is it called the oh tiny yeah. homes yep. yeah because because they're just like small and perfectly formed <laughs> with, lo- with lots of storage space <laughs> oh dear, I don't know so moving to the last couple of questions and what about those days where it goes horribly wrong what do you do then I'm I, I'm such a broken record so forgive me but I I walk you walk I knew you were I gonna walk. say that um, and <laughs> Sometimes, and this is hard for me because I'm sort of confrontational. So if there's a problem, I want to address and resolve it. If something has gone wrong, I want to muscle through and, and fix it. But something I've, I've learned, and I suppose this is a little bit of learning with experience and maturity, is that sometimes you really do have to let something lie for a minute before you can address it in the best possible way. So Sometimes I really do try to just put it aside and focus on something else, whatever that something else is. I could read a book, take a walk, call a friend, bake a potato, you know, anything that will get me out of whatever I'm in. Um, But usually I'm not one of those people that sort of, uh, and I wish I was, those people who sort of take to their bed for a day and just let the wave crash over them. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wish I could do that, but I, I seem to be someone who just has to keep moving forward in mm-hmm. some way. Mm-hmm. I love that. I think you're the only person who said bake a potato was one of the options. <laughs> <laughs> you know, cutting up a sweet washing, trimming, cutting up the sweet potato, letting it bake, it fills the house, you know, the whole thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lovely. And the last question is about what do you do on those days where you get to live more? And that's where I talk about getting to do more of the stuff that you want to do and less of the stuff that you don't want to do. What do those days look like for you? So those are the white space days, which I don't have nearly enough of. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what, I, what I've learned about myself when I have those days is I still love to work in certain regards. And for me, that looks like writing. That looks like ideating that looks like creating in some way. Uh, And then it is about moving my body and human connection. Uh, My husband and I actually entertain a ton, Mm -hmm. partly because a lot of people don't. So if I want to gather six of my favorite people together, I have to do that. That's not (laughs) going to happen by itself. I have to be the one who makes the phone calls makes the food, buys the wine, and I'm fine with that. Um, and on the really good days, there are a couple of hours where I'm connecting with people who fuel my spirit in some way. Mm-hmm. Lovely. Thank you, Joyce. It's been great talking to you today. Tell people how they can find out more about you and get in touch. So I am on all the social channels. Well, all the social channels except TikTok. So you can find me uh, on Instagram at Joyce R. Shulman, on LinkedIn, on Facebook. And my website is JoyceShulman.com. Uh, you can find my some of my writing there, link to my book, all those things. And all things 99 Walks can be found at 99 Walks. Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was such a joy. Are you a home-based coach or consultant feeling like you need a bit of help? Our Power to Live More Calm membership is designed to meet you where you're at with the help you need in the moment so you can get unstuck, move forwards and get stuff done. You might think this sounds too good to be true or maybe wondering how it fit with how you work and run your business. Why not have a no-obligation chat with Jo to see how she can help you? 
All you need to do is go to powertolivemore.com slash calm call. All this information is available in the show notes, which are on your app that you're listening to this podcast on or on the website at powertolivemore.com forward slash, in this case, 240. I'm recording this on Wednesday, the 22nd of December. I wish you the best over the festive period, wherever you are, whichever circumstance you're in. It's all a bit... uh, difficult for lots of people at the moment with the pandemic uh, but hopefully you will enjoy the period as best you can in the circumstances again the show notes are at powertolivemore.com forward slash 240 and we look forward to speaking to you next week use your power to live more